guys, girls, retro collectors, likers, enthusiasts, gamers, whatever you are, thank you for joining us on this amazing journey of chatting with tubers. This is a brand new segment where we bring to you interviews with some of the top YouTubers in the world of all shapes and sizes and by top I mean my personal favourites, the people that I like and hopefully the people that you like too. So what these are made up of are getting to know the individual himself or herself, going through what they started with with regards to YouTube, how they got going, um, tips and tricks and hints and stuff like that. Then we go on to the collecting aspect. Who are they as a collector? What do they collect? Oh, loads of interesting stuff about that. And then the future. What are they most looking forward to? What are they going to be doing on their channel? And everything in between. Guys, these are not short interviews. So thankfully, we are going to try to keep them fresh the entire way through. So I hope that you join us for the entire thing. Please have an open mind. Please don't criticize what, what people are saying, you know their views on things are their views and whatever these people like don't like follow don't follow whatever they do with regards to their channel it's up to them youtube is exactly that youtube so please guys let's have an open mind and let's listen to what today's guest has got to say it is the one and only radical reggie Welcome, it's Chatting with Tubers, and we have one of the very best. It is the Radical Reggie from the world-famous Metal Jesus crew. He is going to go through the questions, and I am dying to hear his answers. Reggie, how you doing, mate? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. <laughs> good, wicked. Glad to have you. It, it, the pleasure is, is genuinely all mine. So, um like this this is broken down into four different sections um yeah. the first one is a little bit you know about yourself get to know yourself um next we're going to move on to youtube and try and you know understand a little bit of youtube get some maybe hints and tips off you as well which would be great for me personally as well as as well as other people then we're going to talk about collecting which you know come on we've seen the videos we know how many uh we know how much you like collecting and then we're going to sort of find out at the end what you're going to do what your plans are what you've got coming because you know, right. you've got a lot of uh, a lot of supporters. Me being one of them, and I, I'm genuinely Pretty intrigued good. to see what's coming. So, let's start from the beginning. Where was you born? Los Angeles, California. Um, I lived in California all the way up until I want to say uh, 2000, and and around 2000, I went to the military, traveled the world, and. Pretty much when I got out of the military, I moved here uh, in Washington, and I've been here ever since. So Wow. And what, did you have any siblings, or you, do you have any siblings? Yes, I have two older brothers, two older sisters. Um, oh. <laughs> so you're the, younger, you're the youngest one I'm in the, the, youngest, in the group. Yeah. So oh, and, uh, my, and brother was, you... my brother was actually the one that talked me into moving up here. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been, it's been fun ever since. Um, and, you know, just... Um, Doing the well, we'll get to that later, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've um, got plenty of time to get to things, mate. Um, right. what, what and that 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 look that leads me perfectly into the next question. What was the upbringing like? What was it like living with two uh, well, two older sisters and two older brothers? 
Well, I did live with my sisters, uh, and I didn't live with one of my brothers. I only lived with one of my brothers, and oh, okay. he, uh, man, <laughs> he could be. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's just like man. When I was a kid, he's just like man. I, I used to mess with him a lot, so I guess I got what I deserve and everything like yeah. that. I was always mischievous, like trying to when he had his friends over, I was always trying to bust in the door and make myself known and everything like that. Because he's he's so older. He he's about ten years older than me. So. Um, but overall, he was a, he was a great brother and everything like that. So you know, I just messed the annoying little brother, isn't it? You're obviously living up to the tale of being the annoying little brother. That's what we get all the time. <laughs> yeah, we just, it's just hard to admit it because I always want to blame it on him. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> again, <laughs> another trait of an annoying little brother. Believe me, that's uh, I've got an annoying little brother myself. So uh, believe that all about it. Um, what was what was school like? What was it like? But you know, coming up in that area at the time and and all the rest of it, what was that like? Um, school school was kind of weird at, at first because um uh, we moved around a lot till I think I was in uh, ele- like sixth grade elementary school, so I was finally mm-hmm. stable in one area. And um, during that time, I made a lot of great friends that I'm still friends with today. Um, just before that, you know, I wasn't able to have a lot of friends because I moved away so much, so I lost contact with those people. So that was that. But when I got to sixth grade and up. Uh, I still talk to those people this day. So coming up uh, during that time was great. Um, and, you know, like one of my friends, Gary, um, that I've known since elementary school, uh, we love the Mega Man X games and we still talk about them to this day. Um, so, you know, just like stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I've got Mega Man uh, X3 on the Saturn, I think it is, which is quite an expensive game now. Yeah, it is. Wow. It's so, got the anime um, cutscenes out of it. You know, not that I'm trying to drop in that I actually own some decent <laughs> games or anything. Believe me, Reggie, there's plenty of FIFAs in here and uh and mm. NHLs and stuff like that. Um what so what what was the first job? What did you do first? Was you straight in the military or well, what, what did you do? Let me see. So when I when I was in high school, I got my first job and it was I was actually working at a pool during the summer. Um that one was a lot of fun. I actually made a lot of friends there. Um, but it was a temporary job, you know, for so when summer was over, that was it. So the money was cut off. Uh, my first job uh, after that, now, which I would say uh, a little bit after high school, was I was working at College Junior. Uh, I was at a burger place. And um, mm. people know it's also known as Hardee's as well. It has two different names. And yeah, I only, the only reason I know Hardee's is from Days of Thunder, because I'm sure Hardee's is on the car in Days of Thunder. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, little little fun fact for you there. Whether that's actually even true, I might have just completely made that up. But, well, um, the funny thing was because uh, when I got out of when I got out of high school, my plan was to take it like a relax a little bit because I worked hard in high school, like stay afloat and everything like that, keep decent mm-hmm. grades. And um, my mom kind of saw me like a strain off with the part with the jobs like that because she wanted me. I was supposed to go into the, the military after I was after the summer or whatever like that. I strayed off and I was like, mom, I'll, I'll go a little bit later. Mom, don't worry. Cause I, yeah. I was having a great time hanging with friends, doing all that stuff. I was just living it up. But um, she got back on me. So did my dad. And um, I got into the military. I want to say, I think I was my late 2000 and I spent four mm-hmm. years there. Um, and so I would say that was probably my first main job because I had it so long. Uh, none of the other jobs I had before that were like going to be long-term jobs or nothing like that. They were just, you know, make a little money to get by. So uh, the military was my first job. I did, um, I traveled to Korea. Uh, I was in Germany for a little bit. And um, I went to uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, which was nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Well, me watching your chat, you know, I've seen, I know you don't go into great detail on there, but obviously I know, you know, I feel like, because I've watched you for so long, mate, I'll mm. be honest, I feel like I, I know you, when we was on the level 857, when I was on the level 857 stream, it was like, you know, I know this guy um, that was in the chat. So it was pretty amazing, really. So I kind of know a few things. Not enough, but I do know a few things. Well, it was funny. When I saw you in the level 857 chat, I, I, I said, hey, no, let me give him, let me message in there and talk with you guys. So, you know, yeah. I, you know I, I got your message before that. So, I, yeah, yeah, it was, good. It was great. I mean, I had a, I had so much fun on there, honestly. Yeah, it was a late night thing, but honestly, it was a great, great, great time. So apart from games, Reggie, what other hobbies do you have? Is there anything else you collect? Um, not really collect, but I listen to a lot of jazz music, R and B. That's something I've always done since I was a kid, so that's always happening. Um, other hobbies, uh, pretty much watching movies. Um, you know, hanging with friends when I can. Um, what's funny is that YouTube is cut into a lot of my my regular hobby time, like gaming mm -hmm. time and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just kind of stuff like that. You know, um, yeah. kind of weird. You know, as you get older, time goes by faster. So you're like, damn, dude. Like, what? Well, I wish I could have done this, but um. Yeah, pretty that's much. That's tell that. the kids all the time, isn't it? You know, you tell the, I tell my kids all the time. You know, time goes fast. You need to, you need to mm -hmm. sort of enjoy the time. It speeds up. You know, and they're going, oh, I can't wait till next weekend. And you're like, no, try and enjoy the week. You know, <laughs> don't worry about the weekend. Well said. Um, what is your earliest gaming memory? What's the first? You know, if you search Ooh. back in your head, what is the first thing you remember when it comes to games? So my brother worked at his pizza shop, and he was babysitting me at the time. So he, yeah, he, um, they were hanging out there and he brought me there with him with his friends because he had to babysit me. And uh, he gave me some quarters and let me go to the arcade. And, you know, because I wanted to, everybody was playing the arcade, I wanted to try it out. And I got to play Punch Out for the first time, the arcade. Oh, wow. So I remember I was small, I had to grab a chair to get to sit up and play it. And I guess like everybody was like all happy because I was just, I, I guess I was this cute kid playing, trying to play this game and everything like that. And I got all the way, to a bald bull in that game and I couldn't win, but I did good in that game and everybody mm -hmm. was cheering me on. So like when you're a kid and you're all these, these teens and adults are cheering you on while you're playing this game, you know, that, that, that was a fond memory of mine. I love that. And I remember I grabbed a chair to play the pinball. I wasn't good at the, pinball was hard to play because it was so <laughs> wide at the time. I was trying to really like pressure myself to play it, but uh, I was too small, but I still enjoyed it. That was probably my most fondest gaming memory and that was the moment probably where I, I started looking at, at games as like one of my, my main hobbies as a kid. Um, but it's an attention thing, isn't it? Kids love attention. I mean, my daughter, well, my youngest. Not only attention, attention, but being praised, you know, that yes. you did something good, you know, is, is very, you know, that's awesome for a child. So, you know, I'll never forget that. And, you know, not only did I start playing games, but I became good at them. You know, mm -hmm. um, like another example was uh, a rough game. Uh, for me, when I was a kid, was track and field and Mike Tyson's punch out for Nintendo. Um, but um, I kind of studied the game at the time and I got better at it. And, you know, and that was that was just my dedication and everything like that. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. And that this might be what you choose for this next question. If you could be transported back in time, and that might only be a week, it might be it might be twenty years, it could be a week ago, when you had the most fun or appreciated games the most than any other age, what when would you go back to? The PlayStation era. The era <laughs> that got me back in the video games, when video games finally became mainstream, was the PlayStation era, the fifth generation 
uh, gamers that didn't really play video games started be taking the PlayStation seriously. Um, you saw a plethora of games that were like just different, you know, 3D games, games adding FMV into it. Like, I love that. FMV is something I love dearly. And um, the Sega CD tried it. They did okay. It was a bit grindy. But the PlayStation, like with Resident Evil, when they added the real people in the cutscene, I was like, what? This is great. And then it goes and transitions to the game itself. That yeah. was amazing for me. That made me take it serious. And now back then, you don't notice the bad acting or voice or, or bad voice acting because you're so in right. love. Like, hey, they got real people to play these characters doing real voices. That was amazing for me. That is the time I would go back to and enjoy the most. Um, dude, that was I was just thinking about it right now. It's like, man, get me pumped up. You know, it's just so much fun. <laughs> well, um, I was blown away at the time. My dad, um, it was a bit strange, really. Um, my dad wasn't a gamer at all. <clears throat> but he was my uh, <laughs> A mega CD when it first come out for Sherlock Holmes, mm. um, which I mean, honestly, I tried to because of the nostalgia was driving me wild for the memories of you know uh, seeing the game with your dad and stuff like that. I uh, I went and bought um, Sherlock Holmes on the mega CD quite early in my collecting days, and you're you're absolutely spot on with that FMV. I can't even understand what they did. like. I can't even make it out what they're doing on the screen. Mm -hmm. It is just, it is, it is shocking. But I remember that time and that time it was mind blowing. I remember going to my cousin and playing Mad Dog McCree on the say on the, on the Philips CDI. And I was literally blown away. It was like, how is that possible that that is a real person? I'm shooting a real person on the screen. It just didn't make sense to me at all. Um, so that is a great choice. Cause, cause I, I would probably go back to that sort of time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, if you could describe retro gaming to somebody that does not know anything about get retro gaming and, and doesn't get it, and don't, but you had to use three words, what would those three words be that you used? That's a tough one. Uh, it's, you can't, it's just hard to describe in just three words. I could go on so long about how to describe retro games for me. Um, retro games were like, like really good moments for me over the years. And it's just really hard to like, put it only in three words that are worthy of like, you know, talking about retro games. I mean, retro yep. games did were very creative with certain ideas, what they did with games, you know, they weren't afraid to be, make the player think with puzzle games, um, uh, platforming, you know, like, you know, something like Mario Brothers, you were, you play that, you didn't know, you want to just run through the whole game. You want to make sure you can make a certain jump or whatever like that, you know, you, yep. you know, stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, um, I think it's think is a brilliant word, Reggie. I think think is amazing because it makes you it absolutely retro games make you think. You can mm -hmm. you can play Call of Duty or Fortnite and just die and, and come back to life. Like you really we was watching uh we was watching um there's a someone we follow, we watch them every Friday, heaps of games they're called. And mm -hmm. uh he was playing um uh, Crash Bandicoot and the thought process that, that you have to go through with crash bandicoot is absolutely it's actually quite ridiculous at times you know when you you yeah. you can't you were, make certain jumps and do certain things without really thinking about the timing yeah because back, back then you were really getting punished for that stuff nowadays they want you to keep retrying at whatever because they, they're scared you'll lose interest in the games or whatever like that so they're not as skillful as they were back when we were coming up you know um, yes you had to really like oh well i'm getting farther in the game it's getting harder uh, I don't want to make any mistakes. And if you did make mistakes, the next time you played it, you know, make those mistakes again. Nowadays, like someone with Call of Duty, um, you get shot up or whatever like that. You restart the checkpoint and you just it just doesn't seem like you like there's any punishment or whatever like that. No. So, 
So Fink is definitely one of them. That one is absolutely yeah, yeah, right. Throw that in there. Yeah. Um, so that's it. We now know uh, Radical Reggie, which is fantastic. So now we're going to move on to YouTube. All right. And the, the 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 very first question of that again like before is where it all began really what made you start the channel uh i tried to start it back in um i want to say 2008 or 9 i did a pinball video but i was just too shy to really <laughs> like kind of get my foot like just to get my my setting how i wanted to do it so i i was working with a friend at a game store you know uh, he wanted to start a game store and um jason actually came into the store metal jesus and um, he introduced himself and everything like that. And as soon as I met him, I liked him immediately and everything like that. And then me and Jason were talking. I was just talking. I was kind of like, like, like giving him this knowledge of information about games and everything like that. And he probably thought I was crazy, but um, <laughs> he ended up <laughs> wanting to have me on this channel. And wow. um, I was kind of shy about doing it. You know, I didn't do the, I didn't do his channel probably until like maybe a year and a half after we met. But we actually went game hunting um, be before I was on his channel. I got on his channel and people loved me on the channel. Like they, they were like, wow, that was, it was a, this is a great video. They were like really pumped with it. And mm -hmm. um, that inspired me to kind of like, you know, well, later on it did because I just wanted to be on Jason's channel as a guest over, over, over time and do that. I was happy with that, but people started pushing me to do my own channel. And I said, well, I don't really want to. And uh, I said, fine, I'll do it. And it wasn't serious. I would do pickups and say, where I was like, Hey guys, like, I got this new game in the mail today. It's awesome. Whatever. <laughs> I was doing it like that. And they were still loving the videos because they were still able to see what I was doing or what I was up to, what games I was playing. They lo they love that type of stuff. But um, I started to kind of uh, step it up. Uh, I said, if you guys want me to do YouTube seriously, uh, that's where the, I said, hey, well, if you do the Patreon thing, I'll start doing it seriously because I want to have it to like where if I'm getting paid on Patreon, it'd be more like a job to me. And then yeah. I, I want to perform well on jobs. So that's when... I, the Patreon went well and I started doing like heavy edit videos, you know, like where I would show gameplay footage or stuff like that. I, I wanted to make the videos enjoyable for everybody and where they seem serious, but not too serious. And um, yeah, that's, well, I think that's what you, I actually think that's a great fit. Cause I remember watching some of them metal Jesus, early metal Jesus videos with you in them. And you took the seriousness out of it sometimes because you know, mm -hmm. there is an element of seriousness with, you know, this is the best game. That's the best game. And you would actually be a challenger to that. You know, well, actually, what about this? And what about, I think it was a great dynamic early on. And I think that's why people really liked you in the, in the. Yeah. And the I don't want to be too serious because everybody thinks you have to get all the facts, right. They get upset if you don't get every detail. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to get every detail, right. I'm trying to get you guys to probably take this game. Like if you want to like, look at this game and you be something you might want to enjoy. So that's how I look at video games. I'm not trying to dig out every details. I may forget stuff because I'm like doing like I'm talking about a plethora of games. But my main goal was to get people pumped about certain games that I like because I think they yeah. would like them. And that was my whole Fantastic. goal. And what did you just touched on it then? You can remember your first video, yeah? What what was it? It was a pinball video. Yeah, somebody made a comment on it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so I I collect these tabletop pinball machines. They're really authentic. They're by this company called Tomy, and um, I collected them over the years. And they're pretty much the closest thing I'll get to a pinball these days uh, because I I'm not trying to have a big giant pinball in my in my in my apartment or whatever. It's taking up valuable valuable space for games, Reggie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, the tabletop pinballs are really authentic because they have like air pockets on them and everything like the ball will go into an air pocket and come out on the other side, stuff like that. They're oh, not wow. just those, those toy ones that just have a flat panel 
with the ringers and stuff like that. And the ball just drains fast. These are like pinballs where you can keep the ball in motion for a long period of time if you're skillful, which wow. is really nice. Um, um, that you can use footage from that video too if you want. Um, but yeah, it's like um, that was my first video. Um, I really wanted to kind of push it at that point, but I just didn't have time. I was moving to Texas and I just kind of forgot about YouTube until I met Jason. And then over a time period, I started to say, all right, let me try the channel again. So, and it was, you did. I think it's great that you did, you know, the channel, like, as you know, you know, who am I to say this, but you, you, you've, you know, you like, where would we be without radical Reggie? I don't know where we'd be. Um, <laughs> What, what was the plan when when you started, you know, with that with that Jason? Because you mentioned Patreon there, but, we, you know, there's a question later on for that. Okay. But what, what was your actual sort of plan? What was YouTube? What, what You know, because I've gone through it myself. You know, you start YouTube, and, and my plan really was to make friends and, you know, uh, meet like-minded people is probably the best thing, people that are into retro games the way that I am. What was your plan when you first began? The same thing with you is just meet people that enjoyed games and have conversations with them. It was really enjoyable. One of the best things about having YouTube is the people you meet and possibly become friends with over time. And that's mm -hmm. what I was experiencing. You know, I was finding out from other people about games I never knew about. Like one of my friends, Drew, um, I'm a big survival horror fan. You know, I would have never like met Drew if it hadn't been for YouTube. Well, actually I met Drew a little bit before that, but anyways, um, it wouldn't have people. strengthened maybe. Yeah. There's a, yeah, it wouldn't have strengthened as much because, uh, he's very passionate about games and so am I. And he kind of like told me about a survival horror game that I never had no clue that existed, which is called chaos break, uh, came out in the power territories where you're at. And in yeah, Japan. Yeah, we, yeah. And I was like, how did I not know about this game? And that just intrigued me more to learn more about certain games that I might not know about survival horror games on PS2, PS1, and stuff like that. So that was the main reason I got I, I when I what I wanted to benefit out of YouTube at the time. So well I upset you on the stream, didn't I, saying that the uh Resident Evil 2 remake was better than uh, the original Resident Evil 2. I don't I, I, that didn't you know, go down well, did it? You bring it up now and I'm I'm getting upset at you now for <laughs> Yeah, I could tell, yeah. You just cut the camera, like right, that's it, I'm done, I'm gone. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing what you said about Resident Evil uh, 2 remake. Um, you're not wrong. But without Resident yeah. Evil 2, the remake would not be made. And the reason why, to me, that the remake did not surpass the original, because obviously it does in every category, but they had an opportunity to make to do certain stuff in it, which they did most of the stuff. But the, the A and B scenarios, there should have been four different scenarios to play, like the original game. I felt they missed an opportunity on that. Of course, what's, what happened with the alligator boss, that was more of like a quick time event. I mean, stuff like that, I feel like was half measures. Um, but it's still a fantastic game. And now I'm not going to yeah. lie. They did a great job on it. They were able to utilize Mr. X the way they wanted to in the original game. Because Mr. X was, uh, in the original Resident Evil 2, he was supposed to be way more crazy, even though he was crazy. But mm. uh, he was, um, they could only restrict him to uh, certain events or whatever like that. They couldn't, he couldn't roam around randomly like he was, like patrolling like he does in the remake. So yeah. they were able to utilize that. A lot of people, you know how you could hear his footsteps and then you go, creepy, where is he at? Yeah. The original game did that too, but they couldn't utilize it. You only hear his footsteps like in the beginning and then you come around the corner and there he is. Like, it's like, whoa, what the heck? So, I found what it was with that was that sometimes I'd open a door. I mean, I've played Resident, I've platinumed um, 
you know, the remake, obviously not the you original, did? there's no such thing then, um, but Ooh. I played the remake. And I was literally, you know, I'd play, I, obviously I had to play through the game multiple times to do that. And there were times when, uh, you know, he was turning up in all sorts of places. And I was like, hold up, you weren't here when I came here last time I played through. So it really added a great dynamic to, uh, it's why I love the game. You know, it's why I really do think, because look, we all have nostalgic glasses on. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I'm a very nostalgic person myself. But that Resident Evil Two, you're absolutely spot on. I just think the remake just did what the what the original would have made if it had the power and the ability to do exactly. so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't have the remake without the original, mate. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's a win-win. You know what I mean? I mean, so um, like I said, I, I the remake of part two was was really well done. Now, the problem I have, though, is actually with the remake, uh, Resident Evil 3 remake. That was half measures, man, unfortunately. Resident Evil 3 is my favorite in the series. It always mm -hmm. has been um, since it came out. And um, I really feel Did you play the third one? On the Dreamcast? Yeah, yeah. The remake third one. And I, I'll be honest with you. I played it about halfway through, and and I just I I haven't gone back to it. I probably should. I've got it. I just haven't. I got to about halfway through, and I, it wasn't. I'm going to be honest again. I, I apologize. It just wasn't the Resident Evil Two remake. So I was like, this. What have they done here? You know, it, I I really enjoyed the the number two, and I didn't really enjoy number three. I actually prefer the original on the Dreamcast number three than the than the remake one. Me too. Um, I. I'm not trying to like be too mad about the remake of part three, but they, they, you could tell they went, they weren't, they didn't do full-time development on it. It was just half measure. They had a potential to make that game as great as Resident Evil 2 remake, um, but they didn't. I think a lot of the team got dismissed and they got, they went to work on Resident Evil 8 Village and they just wanted to wrap up three. Three was actually going to be a DLC for Resident Evil 2. That lets you know like oh, what its origins were. So I didn't um, know that. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah, know that. So I was like, you know, um, but um, since you played some of it, you know about it. You know, Nemesis, you know, he only really shows up, I believe, during, um, like, uh, certain events. It's not, he's mm. not, like, randomly patrolling like um, Mr. X is. So no. I just, uh, my, honestly, I just thought it just wasn't, it, it just, I had such high, I bought it on the release day, you know, I had such high hopes to, I, I put it straight in the console, I was going to play it all weekend, hammered it to start off with, and I was like, is this going to get going? You know, just I, I was like disappointed. I, I don't want to offend you, but I was just so disappointed. No, no, yeah. you're totally fine. The thing about that being disappointed with that game, you can always go back and play the original, which is yeah. I have fond memories of. Um, the original game, still my favorite Resident Evil game of all time. The choice system, like the, the split moment seconds, did you have? To, I mean, moments you had to choose what you want to do with, if you're in a bad situation. Those were great. Um, yeah. You could go to different areas and different events would happen. It was just like. Such a cool game. It was groundbreaking. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was yeah. awesome. Absolutely uh, it, awesome. And the graphics on the Dreamcast. You know, I've got. Uh, I use the. Um, well, I use a, a OSSC. Uh, I have all of my consoles. I've got like sixteen consoles. I can just power on at any time and play. And the Dreamcast graphics, they're good. You know, they're not. I mean, look, it's not a PS Five, but it's pretty good. You know, it's easily. <laughs> it's easily playable. It's not like some of the other games. You know, from from the era the dreamcast was was fantastic it brought arcade into the home really for the like real arcade for me you know into the home so yeah um, definitely good graphics um so if you could go back and give yourself some pointers when you first started the channel and i think we might have touched on a couple already what would they be what would the pointers be for, for other people uh i would have took it more seriously 
Um, mm. I would, it wouldn't have been as nonchalant as I was in the beginning. Um, because uh, eventually when you have a channel and it's successful, you want it to grow to a certain point. And um, I uh, hit that. I pretty much hit my goal without even really trying on the channel. So it's a bit different for me the way I started on the channel. Um, people knew me from Jason's channel. So when they found out I, I started my own channel, well, they, they, were, they were the ones pushing me to get my own channel. I got that big boost in the beginning from them. And I think mm -hmm. I, I almost had got up to 10,000 subs because the people remember me from Jason's channel. So wow. um, the struggle that people had today about growing their channel in the beginning, I never really dealt with that. So I didn't really understand why people were upset about their channels not making it to a certain point or whatever like that um, because I didn't experience that. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I got my first 10,000 subs. I don't want to say it was easy, but it seemed like I didn't really have to put out. You're any making it videos. sound easy, Richard. You're making it sound easy. <laughs> YouTube has made it really hard, though, for channels to grow now since the adpocalypse thing happened. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. channels were growing, growing a lot before that. At least gaming channels were, but then maybe it's over. It could be oversaturated too. There's a lot of gaming channels, so um, you either put out a certain amount of content, a certain type of content that people will want to watch, and you know, you can't just yeah. put out anything when it comes to gaming channels. So maybe that's it too. I'm not really sure, but um like i said when I, I got there uh not too fast but i got there and i was wait a minute i was on vacation when i found out i got ten thousand subs on the channel so mm -hmm. i was like we, we did a video like i was out i was out i was out at some resort uh, not a resort it was at this beach this, this, this beach house type thing and um yeah. I, I shot the video out there and it was like like because i just found out i hit a ten thousand like whoa this is, this is crazy and yeah. um i go back and look at those videos i was making before i hit ten thousand I was like, oh man, like look at the camera. This is the lighting is horrible. The, 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 uh, some of the stuff was backwards because of reverse camera and everything like that. Yeah. But I had no idea what I was doing when I get, started doing YouTube. People have to understand. I just randomly did stuff. Like I was recording on my cell phone. Um, and my buddy Joel, uh, I mean, not, not Joel, uh, but Joe, uh, Crazy Joe, everybody knows him. Uh, we were doing yeah. videos and he was editing on his phone when he would do certain videos. So when we would shoot videos together, he started editing the videos with his phone. And when I found out he, he could edit on your phone, I, I started trying to do that because I didn't have a, a computer that could really edit at the time. So I was doing all the editing on my on my phone, and I would make the stuff look pretty professional. The first yeah. video I edited on my channel was an episode of Interracial Gamer. I think it was the one of the game called Zombie. What's that zombie fighting game for the uh, Dreamcast? It's like based on House of the Dead. Um, it's called uh, like so. Uh... It's I called zombie. It. There's something in the title. It's called zombie. Something. It's, called, it's, called, it's zombie. I can't remember the rest of the name, but it's a house of. De it's like a part of the House of the Dead series. That was the first video I edited on my channel, and from that point on, I started doing the editing with the phone. And you can see it gradually get better as I went on, especially after I did the Patreon. It really mm -hmm. started taking off. I did a, a couple of videos before the Patreon, let people know the quality of video I was going to try to to bring them if they signed up for it. Like I did yeah. the gaming tour. I did a couple of reviews on uh, on Rain for the. Uh, a PS3, and they could see they could see that I really stepped it up, and <laughs> I've been there ever since. So, yeah. So that's what you'd say, you know, if you could go back, just just put a bit more effort in, and 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 yeah, sort of go just for put it. Put a little more more effort in, and take it more seriously, and everything mm. like that. But at the time, mm. I just think don't think I was really ready. So, <laughs> well, you know, is anybody ever ready at the start? Yeah. That's the thing, I suppose. Um, people love financials. Um, and you know, YouTubers can get some stick for going in that direction and it's perfect timing. Cause you, you've brought that up. Does YouTube create income for yourself? If it does, how did that transition go? 
Um, and what were your thoughts at the time? You know, what, give us some thoughts and feelings you had about moving to that, uh, that Patreon thing. And if you haven't, I mean, well, I know you have a, a, a donor, but you know, what were the, what was holding you back from doing that before you decided to do it? Well, I, at the time I was doing YouTube, I didn't even know you could really get paid on it until Jason told me. He said, Reggie, you know, you hear a certain amount, you can monetize your videos. He said, make sure you monetize every video. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So I monetized every video. And one time I started going through the YouTube options and I saw that I had 300 and something dollars in there. I said, what? This is money I made? I made some money? So... That's how you think you can make money with YouTube doing these videos. This is crazy. And so Which you was like, enjoying doing anyway. You know, that, that was, yeah, that making money for stuff yeah. I enjoy. So I said, Yeah, man, this is this is awesome and everything like that. So I did that. And um the Patreon was like I, I, I think I told you this already, or maybe I didn't, but the Patreon was more of kind of like keeping me like just as a job, like keeping me like like wanting to do these videos because I if I if I didn't have the Patreon, I would just do the videos whenever I want. You I mm -hmm. randomly just do a video, but if people wanted to see me do videos, I would. This, that was the way to continually see me do videos. Um, but yeah, when I found out there was money in there, I, I was like, "Dude, this is awesome!" I remember I spent that money on a game. I won <laughs> a couple of games I wanted at the time when it when it withdrew, and I thought it was great, man. I thought it was great that people were actually enjoying the videos to that extent to where they would watch the commercials or whatever like that. Mm. So. And what's yeah. your thought? You know, what because obviously there's people out there that think that this is something, and it, it, it's no ambition of mine right now. But you know, what what do what do you say to people really that say you know you shouldn't make money? I think it's you know I think you should do YouTube the way you do YouTube, and whoever does it in whatever way they want to do it is perfectly fine by me. But what's the why do you think there's so much hate for people that that go that way? That make money? Yeah, yeah. yeah people hate. Hey, don't like people making money on anything. So video games yeah. is another thing, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, what you would tell those people that they're crazy, not yeah. not to make money. Like, say, money makes the world go round, you know, or whatever like that, you know. So uh, I wouldn't pay no attention to them at all. No, you know, um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's well, it's one of them things. I know people do get upset by it. I don't get it myself. If you have the opportunity to make money out of what you do and what you enjoy doing. And it gets you a couple of games in the games room or, or whatever, or even or if whatever. you make a full-time living out of it. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I've said, you know, like I say, and I've said on a couple of my videos, it's not something that I, I believe I'll ever, I'll ever want or be, or believe that I will be able to do, I, you know, mm -hmm. small channel and all the rest of it. But to the people that do have the ability to get paid doing what they, what they enjoy yeah, doing, doing it full time, say more power to them. Yeah. Why not? It's amazing. It's amazing because, People think editing videos and stuff like that is like so easy or whatever like that. Like there's these, these putting this stuff together. It takes hours to put these videos together properly because mm -hmm. there's mistakes made. You got to go back and fix certain issues. That takes time. So you're putting a quality product together uh, for people. And if they want to like pay you for that, that's awesome. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So anybody yeah, tell I you don't have anything against it. It's just I'm just intrigued to hear, pe you know, people's views on it. So imagine you've got under a thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. And you're looking, you know, they, or you've got a channel, a friend of yours has got under a thousand subscribers. They're looking to grow their channel on YouTube. What would you say is the key piece of advice you would give them? Uh, have fun, you know, yeah. going through it, having a good time. Don't go in it, go into it, like looking for like to, to be like a, a big YouTuber or nothing like that, because you kind of stress yourself out if you're trying to do it like that. You want to go into it, having a great time. And if you're having a great time, that stuff will come behind you. 
uh, if, you, if you do well on your channel, which is great. You know what I mean? So it, it really, when it comes un unexpected, I think that's the best, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, but I would just yeah, say- It's been, go, go it's been brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant for me, unexpected. And like you said, 10,000 subscribers before you even really sort of mm -hmm. got going. I mean, I've had, I'm on a, about 750 subscribers, nothing, you know, nothing in comparison. But, you know, when we, when I first uh, started, I didn't expect to go this quick. It's only been about 16, 17 weeks, something like that. I didn't expect to have this many subscribers so quickly. So it's absolutely, I had fun, you know, I'm trying to have fun with this. I enjoy talking to you. That's the reason we're here really, you know, because right. I enjoy talking to you after that chat on the, on the stream. So what a great piece of advice that is to just have fun. Um, yeah. I mean, people forget that they, they're looking to go into it. It becomes like some big celebrity and that, that's fine. If you, if you're able to do that, that's great. But you're kind of stressing yourself out if you don't make it there because then you're like trying to, well, I got to make another video to get these views. I got to get do all this. You stress yourself out. You don't realize it. And thankfully, I never went into it like that. You know, um, I was like I said, I was having fun. I, I had barely found out I was getting paid for doing YouTube. So I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but um, it's very important for people to enjoy going to it, just enjoying it. And if they pick up an audience or whatever like that, uh, that's great. That, that comes mm -hmm. behind your enjoyment. So just make sure you're enjoying yourself first on your channel. Um, and that's I think the best people way. can tell, can't they? I think I think people can tell when you're having fun and when you're and when you're doing things because you you know the monotony or or whatever. I think it breeds out of you. I think it really really does come out if you're not having fun. I think you can tell when you yeah. watch when you yeah, watch you, this channel. Yeah, because yeah, you can't hide it for long at least. So you know <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's a brilliant. Uh, that moves us on brilliantly to the next question. A lot of people struggle with life and YouTube and the balance of doing YouTube, doing life, you know, it's a big thing. Have you ever, have you ever needed or felt you've needed to take a step back from doing YouTube? Um, and if, if you have, what was like, what was it that sort of made you think, you know what, this YouTube's taking over. Has it ever took over for you or you never really? Uh, yeah, that? it, it kind of has not into like anything, the important stuff in my life, like mm. job and stuff like that and friends, but it has chopped into my gaming time. That's important time too because I will, I'll be playing a game. I said, Oh man, I should capture footage for this, do a video. And you start thinking about that about every game you play, like, damn, I'm not enjoying the game. Like, I'm thinking about doing the video. Mm. That was the time I, I, I wanted to kind of take a step back and, like, you know, because doing two videos a week the way I was doing them, like, like they were pretty good edited videos, it takes a lot of time to do. So I took a step back from doing that. You know, I'll put out at least one video a week. Uh, at least one video a week now because I don't want it to cut into my other hobbies or whatever like that because it takes a lot of time to edit mm -hmm. videos properly to the way I want them to come out. So a lot of people don't understand that. Um, but um, taking a step back, I'll probably just take a step back from it after I hit a certain goal I'm trying to hit with it. So if yeah. I reach that goal, I'll accomplish what I wanted with the channel, at least my second mm -hmm. goal of the channel. And then I'll, you know, I'll feel like I could take a step back and like, you know, just kind of sit back and enjoy like, what I've done over the years. So, yeah, there's something to be proud of. I don't think that I think, you know, growing a channel to any size, really, it's too, it's too blase, you know, Oh, I could do this. I could do that. I disagree. I think it's actually a challenge. It's no, a you real gotta, challenge. You gotta, I mean, anybody could just do a YouTube video, but to get that audience that are, that are, that are like common sense people that will follow mm -hmm. you and enjoy your content. That's not mm -hmm. easy to get. So a mm -hmm. lot of people, you gotta have, you know, just present yourself well and just be that person that people could like understand and like enjoy. And that's what, you know, 
feel it's more yeah it's great advice and this is why i wanted to do these chatting with tubers because i think people will literally listen to you and and i and again it's advice that i would have loved to have had when i very very first began and it's still it's still advice that i take on board now so it's fantastic do you watch um youtube and, and if you do i mean i kind of know the answer to this because you was on the um, stream today. but really? you know i know you can't watch it as much as you'd like to but if you do what sort of stuff do you like even if it's not retro games what do you like watching it, it, it's rarely any gaming channels uh but hard for people to believe uh <laughs> I, I watch a lot of uh, smaller channels because i see a lot of them um have potential to probably grow their audience and everything like that so i'll comment on their channels and stuff like that you know try to motivate them as well um but smaller channels but mostly i watch like um a lot of horror story stuff like creep pasta i love that stuff wow. uh, yeah, especially before going to bed i uh, just love i was a, i've been a big fan of horror stories and i've come on to i i, I started watching this channel called uh, dr no sleep he shows animated animated uh animation on the horror stories he talks about it's okay. great stuff and um yeah. that's one of my favorite things to watch right now uh, other stuff I watched a little bit of um, this what's going on in the world or whatever like that, but not really much. Um, mm. I've calmed down from watching a lot of YouTube because if you watch a lot of YouTuber gamer channels, you kind of get stuck on YouTube all day. You don't even realize. Yeah. I, I kind of like straight away from that. I definitely watch stuff that I might get something out of. I'm not going to watch anything that's like some gossip or some drama. I like I, I won't even look at that because one thing I look at when I look at a channel, I look at man, what can I get out of this? You know, mm. if it's not anything positive, I'm not watching it. So no. that's how I am well, on you. Get enough. I mean, there's there's negativity all over the world, isn't there? Realistically, and especially in even in YouTube. And really, I suppose you want to move away from that. You want to you want to you know watch things you enjoy. YouTube's about entertainment, you know, as we've said already. Exactly. Um, what what do you um oh, before we move to that? I've got you've just poised me for the question. What's your favorite horror film? It's actually right here. Let me grab okay. it. Because I got to show everybody the cool cover it comes with. <laughs> I have a pile of stuff I got to do a video on here. And <laughs> yeah, for a long time. But you guys weren't expecting this. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. I've not seen it. Trying to say it, get it to focus. There we go. It's John Carpenter's uh, Apocalypse series. The three One of the three movies made for the Apocalypse series. The first okay. one was The Thing. Second one was Prince of Darkness, and the last one was A Mouth of uh, Madness, In the Mouth of Madness. But this is such a good movie, and wow. um, I love this movie so much. It's just a horror movie I can watch like over and over again and not get tired of it. That's when you know you're like, oh, I'm set here. But this, I would say this is probably my, my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, well, so many horror films struggle with storylines. So, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Well, a lot of them are cliche. Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, you get to the point where you know what's going to happen next or whatever like that, yeah. or, you know. They're going to trip and fall over something up or nothing like, oh, get out of here. I'm going <laughs> to check it out. Definitely. So last question before we go into the collecting section, sure. what, what is it you, and this needs to be brief because I think you, I think you've already touched on it. This can absolutely be brief. What is it that you don't like so much? And I think you've already mentioned negativity. You know, what, what's not for you when it comes to the retro scene? So what, what are you seeing that people are doing and you think, oh, you know, you shouldn't really be doing that or. Or what, it's what not for you? really anything like that. It's just everybody thinks that you have to think like they do when it comes to yeah. games. Everybody has their own opinion. You got to accept other people's opinions of why they like certain stuff or why they may not like it. You know, everybody feels like you have to think like them. Like people get mad at me because they think I don't like Super Mario Brothers. 
I like Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. I'm just not indoctrinated with it like everybody else is. Or Zelda, you know, like if I say, "Oh, I'm not really gonna play the new Zelda game," why not, Reggie? What's what's wrong with you? How could you not play? This is the best game ever. Like, it's it's cool, man, but it's not that great to me. I'm sorry. They'll get well, mad. Like, I experienced, and the level eight five seven guys were saying the same. I experienced the same thing with the Amico. You know, just because my family might be interested in playing it, apparently I'm I'm uh, I'm the devil. You know, so so uh, we experience the same thing just in different ways, I suppose. Why does everybody have to conform to the same things? Why do we all have to like the same things? I'm not a massive fan of Zelda myself, so you know, don't hate me. Like you know, it's funny with the with the Amico man. I would think people want something that's like a fresh idea, kind of like um, I feel mm -hmm. like the um, Amico is trying to go the way like kind of expand itself like the we did, like get people to play games that didn't play play video games before. I thought that make a lot of people happy, but I don't know. You get some people out there just want to get mad over over nothing or just you know whatever, just talk about it like that. Um, it's just I'm hoping I'm pulling for the Amico. I think it's going to do really well. At least I hope it does really well. Um, I think the real attacks are happening on that system because what happened with the Coleco Chameleon, how that failed, man, ended mm -hmm. up being a scam. They, I feel like people want the Amico to be the same thing in a way. I could be wrong about that, but the guy who's making it, Tommy Tellerico. I mean, the guy's resume is pretty massive. I mean, he's done a lot of great yeah, stuff yeah. for the gaming community. So I think I, I would think people would have some trust into him. But yeah. Well, a lot of people have, Reggie. That was exactly what I thought. You know, why would you not trust this guy? Yeah. He's done a lot for the uh, for the community, like you say. He's done, you know, bit worked on some of the biggest games. Um, you know, I know he's done the music. You know, but that's a, such an integral part of a game. You know, in days, Terminator wouldn't Terminator on the Mega CD would not be the same game without the music, in my opinion. You know, yeah, you, yes, you can argue that till the cows come home. You know, he went and literally toured the world playing gaming music for stadiums of people. You know, this isn't a fan, you know, not a fanboy or anything, but at the same time, you know, like give him a give him a bit of a break. Jesus, you seriously. Know, at least give him a chance if it's rubbish i'll send it back you know i'm gonna buy it from a yeah. reputable retailer when it, when it if gets I here, it in, i'll send it back when it gets here then i think judge it judge it by that you know but um i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited for the system i'm hoping that it gets a lot of exclusive games for it and it does well you know um so we'll Same. see what well, happens. Well, jim everybody's waiting for fm jim and another part three, fm right jim. the real part three <laughs> we'll see we'll see if it comes so we are um we're we're on to the we're on to the bit that we've all been waiting for. I think the most of the people watching this are really intrigued about the collection side of things. I am certainly. I mean, it's been great getting to know you, but absolutely collecting's where it's at, and uh, something that I'm always intrigued to hear from from the likes of yourself. Um, so we'll move on to the collecting aspect. Okay. So. Reggie, collection-wise, have you had a stage where you were at your most committed and sort of like your biggest consoles? What were them sort of consoles where you went, I've got to own that, and you literally just got the money, you know, just you just found the money. You 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 got the money and you went, I'm buying that console. When it was when it was probably out of reach, you know. If you when when was that? Ooh, that's a tough one. So most of the collecting I did, like like when I was like, is when a lot of people didn't care about this stuff. Uh, like I want to say from 2010 to 2014, whereas when I was kind of going doing my crazy game hunting and collecting and stuff like that, um, I was all on it. I mean, when we were close, when I was working at, at the shop, uh, well, we closed the store early just to go hunting for games. It was just pretty wow. insane, you know. So 
Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of something that was out of reach as a system wise for me, but yeah. there wasn't really anything out of reach because at the time when I was collecting, um, everything was still so cheap. So nothing was yeah. really out of reach at the time. This um, is what I think about with people like yourselves, because you've been collecting for so long on a grand scale, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you bought these items when they were uh, yeah. way Here, more obtainable. Here, here's an example. Here, I'll give you an okay. example. You, you know about Craigslist, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have it over here to the same level, but um, I know about it, yeah. Well, Craigslist well, back in the day was really very a good place to get games. And you know that system called the FM Towns Marty? Absolutely, yeah. You can find those on Craigslist for cheap. That's how crazy oh, yeah. it was. And they were like going for like under 100 bucks for a complete box of like those systems. So nothing was really out of reach. You know, everything no. was pretty much there. It just, did you have the knowledge of it? I didn't have all the knowledge of a lot of these systems, like the FM Towns Marty at the time. I was like, what is this? I don't care about that. Let me just get the Super <laughs> Nintendo, the Game Boy, the Genesis stuff. I was like, and PlayStation stuff. I was all about that. But once I expanded, I found out about a lot more stuff. But I'm not going to lie, though, because it's gotten popular because, of, you know, YouTube, you know, people yeah. spending games on YouTube and stuff like that. Now, I'm not the type of person that says, hey, Look, I got this rare game for cheap. I went here and got it. I never would like talk like that. I say, hey, I got this game. This is an awesome game. So like I never really talk to tell people because I don't want people to get upset because they find out I get it for like super cheap or whatever like that. They get sick and they get upset and they, they want it for that same price. Mm-hmm. But the pop the more popularity it got like, on YouTube channels, the more people started started doing it. And that's when it became harder to find something. That's when you saw the values go up. You saw less and less stuff out there. And when that happened. You know, I got most of the stuff I already wanted. At least I felt that I wanted, you know. Yeah. Now, now that I can think about it, the system that was out of reach for me, um, well, well, see, then again, it wasn't out of reach because. <laughs> but I, you pushed, you know, like a little push. That's all. Like you had to, you had to think, mm, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? That's no that's push, the- no push of this item. I wanted it bad. And um, <laughs> it was, it was the, it was the item that me and Jason on, on, on our first pickups video we did together, it was on there. Um, one of well, I don't want to call it a holy grail, but it was a test system PS2. Okay. The test system wow. PS2 is a debugging PS2 system that plays all games and imports, all PS1 imports, games, everything PS1, PS2, like everything, wow. not region wow. locked. That wow. was something that was I felt would have been out of reach if I hadn't found out about it. Uh, one of my friends told me about it. He owned four of them. <laughs> he owned four of them. And I bought one off of him. And um, I, I, I got another one later, but I ended up giving it to my one of my friends. So... Um, um, but yeah, he had four of them and playing PS2 games region free was hard for me to do here because it was so difficult. So being able yeah. to play those games on a system just by putting a disc in was great. That was a system that I barely found out about. And I was so happy that uh, I, I got one. Uh, it was amazing. That would have been out of reach for me, though, if I, he hadn't hit me up because I would have never known about that system. Wow. That's great. I mean, that's that's different, you know, and that's what we love uh, having these chats with tubers. Like I say, it's about that different perspective. So that's fantastic. Um, what was the I mean, what what would you you don't have to say the value, but a big, big purchase. You know, can, does anyone stand out where you where you really sort Never. of spent a lot of money on any item even back then? Yeah, I, re- I, I regret it as soon as I bought it, but I'm still happy I got it. Um hmm. I I got a good tax return at the time, so I was like, kind of like, like, you know, I got I could spend this money on whatever because everything's mm. paid off, uh, bills paid off and stuff like that. So I had money to splurge, but to be honest with you, if you spend over a hundred dollars for a game, you're gonna have a little bit of buyer's remorse because, you know, we're adults, man. Like, you know, like a hundred dollars could go towards something else, like you know. But this is our hobby, so 
that's what we do sometimes or, yeah. all the time or whatever. I bought Magical Chase um, for the Game Boy Color. I okay. ended up paying like three, I think a little over $300 for it. I got okay. I don't remember exactly. And I wanted that game so bad because I could never get the Turbo Graphics version because it was so expensive. I don't want to pay a thousand bucks for that version or whatever it was at the time. So I forget that. So I got mm-hmm. that version. And as soon as I hit that uh, payment sent button, I wanted to reverse it because I was like, man, <laughs> what the hell? I can these other games instead. But um, <laughs> I, I, I did I did a video on it. I think I added it to a Hidden Gems video, and I don't regret having it. You know, it's kind of cool piece of history to have for me. The game's actually fun. Um, mm-hmm. If it was a crap game too, that would have made it worse. Like, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, that was. Has it gone up? Has it gone up in value since you've purchased it, or or is? Uh, well, it's not really too sought after, but the price is is kind of stayed steady for it. I would say. Yeah. So if people catch on to it more, I don't think they know the Game Boy. There's a Game Boy version that exists because it's in Jap- mm-hmm. a Japanese version. So um, it's probably the same price or a little bit more. I haven't really checked, but I'm pretty sure it's kept the way, the, Look, you might be surprised at the moment, honestly. <laughs> Everything's rising. Mm-hmm. But the, the way I always think about it is, you know, you could spend $300 on something. If it's worth $400 six months later, well, you know, it's fun. You know, you haven't lost Great. anything. Um, you get your return back if you wanted to sell it possibly so that's yeah good. absolutely um you mentioned the term holy grail then and i put out a community question a while back which i had a real good response from um what what do you define as a holy grail and what would be a holy grail from your collection a holy grail uh, is, is different for everybody um mm. to be honest with you, you choose your holy grail item it, it, it's it's something that's very special to you uh, whatnot and what means a lot to you it doesn't have to be something that's worth a bunch of money or whatever like that i think a lot of people get confused a holy grail item um has to be a certain item or whatever like that it's something that's unattainable or whatever like that it doesn't always have to be like that for everybody um mm-hmm. mines would be a bit different from what people would choose um i've had a couple of holy grail items over the years uh you, you ever heard of a game called co flying squadron for the sega cd yeah yeah i used to have that that would be considered a holy grail today i had a yeah. complete um, actually, I actually sold it to my friend because he needed it to complete his collection. So uh, wow. glad I got rid of it, to, gave it to him. But um, yeah, uh, just it's whatever you choose it to be, I would say. Well, it's very, I mean, that game, uh, I never know how to say it, KO Flying Squadron or KO yeah, Flying I Squadron. I, I have no clue, but um, uh, it's still in this country, it's still a Three four hundred pound game, I think. So five six hundred dollars. I don't know if that's more if it's more expensive in your time. No, it's gone to the, I think it's gone to like fifteen hundreds now. Oh wow, yeah, it's gone way up. Yeah, it's insane. expensive game here too. Um, so yeah, and what? So what? What do you have in your collection? What's your sort of holy grail items? Is it just one, or have you got a couple? I got a couple, but I'm just going to show two. Um, okay, today. yeah, yeah, it's all good. So uh, one of my friends, Fabricio. He made. He knows one of my favorite PS2 games of all time is Steambot Chronicles. Um, it's a great game. He made this wooden box for me. Uh, gave it to me as a gift. Oh, and wow. basically, it's a Steambot Chronicles characters on the mm. cover. And oh, on the wow. side here, you have the nice detail. And he has the Radical Reggie uh, seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's neat. So anything Steambot Chronicles that I own, I put in this box. Wow. So... Um, there's a, the characters right there, pretty much. Yep. I know it's hard to see. Sorry about that. Um, anything I have like related, like uh, the game came with a pre-order bonus. Uh, I got the still got the harmonica that came with it. Um, wow. 
a girl I met at uh, one of the conventions knew I loved this game, and she made the characters as stick characters for me. I put <laughs> those in there as well. She was awesome. Um, I got the Steambot Chronicles demo disc in here because that wow. was what got me sucked into the game. I had the spinoff games in here, like this one here, which I don't play. It's like a, a game you would play in the game, but they made a, its own game for it. I have that in here. The Steambot Chronicles a PSP game, which is like a, a extra kind of kind of like a sequel, which is cool. Okay. And then, of course, the main thing, which is the game itself. So, wow, yeah. So this is one of my holy grail items. I love this thing so much. It's, it means a lot to me to have this. Um, and my friend Fabrizio did this, man. It was just, he just he totally su kind of surprised me with it. He did a really good job on this. Um, he sent stuff to like a happy console gamer. I believe Jason as well. Um, but it's just it's cool to have something like this. You know, mm -hmm. this is like very unique. It's not yeah. Nobody else makes. You're not going to be able to replace it, are you? You know, it's like it's irreplaceable. Unless he was to make you another <laughs> one, it would be irreplaceable. Which he's busy, so that ain't going to happen. But, <laughs> 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 but this, I, I did a video on this and I talked about it, and this is one of the items that really means a lot to me. I love this thing, so very mm -hmm. cool to have this. And yeah. the next item. I got very recently, uh, which I've been looking for for years. You know how sometimes, like back in like the early 2010s, where you're like, you'll see an item on eBay or whatever, and you're like, oh, that's too much money. I'll, I'm not paying. I'll wait till it drops. Well, the item's obscure, and you don't see it on eBay that much. And that's what happened with this next item. I saw it going for complete for like, um, I think $50. I was like, oh, that's too much money. No way. Mm. I'm not paying 50 for that. <laughs> and next thing you know, over the years, it's gone up. And I got mm -hmm. lucky and randomly found it. And it is it is the King of the Fighters Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. wow, yeah. And I got this thing. And um, I love the King of Fighters games. So I, have to, I had to have this thing. And I got lucky and found it on eBay for like 200 bucks at the time. That looks that good. I mean, that look, I can't uh, see, pro but the condition-wise, condition that looks lovely as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome, man. Um, that is nice. It comes with the game and everything and um i just it's just really japan shows you what kind of stuff japan gets it's really like yeah they, they get good stuff man like they you could tell they put like they took they wanted they put care into making this package like this you know so i feel like if this came to america uh i mean <laughs> it wouldn't look it, it wouldn't look this good let's just say that they so. put so much effort into the into the packaging and and also they look after the packaging so well in comparison to other territories oh yeah definitely like most of the stuff you'll get from japan is usually like just how it originally was packaged which is nice but um that is another holy grail item for me because it was so hard to find it on ebay especially for a yeah. decent price which uh it was going people were asking like i think like 400 for it so me getting it for 200 was like Hey, I'm just gonna do this because I'm not waiting anymore. So that was another just get item. It. Yeah, just just so, get it bought. Yeah, just send the just click the button and get it done. Yeah, that's what those, I needed. But those will be two of my holy grail items. There's a couple more, uh, but you know. No, they're you know. they're good, mate. And and the good thing is that they touch on two different aspects. One, irreplaceable, two, mm -hmm. something that you've always wanted for a long time and you've held off because of the value, and then you've managed to obtain it. So it's uh yeah that no that answers it brilliantly um i don't know look you don't have to divulge too much of this but what everybody the problem is and i've had the questions myself everybody's interested in the financial things is there a you know what do you and it can be broad you can say within the ten thousands. do you see your collection do you have any idea of value on your game collection um 
Well, obviously, it's changed over the years. The last time mm -hmm. I kind of valued it, I think it was back when we did the game room tour. Mm -hmm. I haven't done one recently, so I need to actually do that. But um, I don't, I feel like I have like it's big. You never know, man. You never know. <laughs> I don't want to underestimate it, but I I feel like I have some unique stuff. Yeah, um, I would say it's in the least fifty thousand, maybe. It's wow. probably way higher than that, but yeah, I couldn't but give you, you that. that Deal. I mean, that's. I was explaining to someone the other day. They said, "Oh, Rob, do you think you're a bit weird? Like, you know, a bit weird collecting all these games." I was like, "Well, no, I don't think I'm weird." But when you actually think about it, <laughs> there's nobody else in my road, as far as I'm aware, or even my town to a certain degree, that has this many games in their in their house, a dedicated room in their house to playing games. So you know what? I think I, I'm just going to have to wise up and realize that I actually am quite weird. So you know, <laughs> I, I must be because, and we must all be a little bit, you know, because we're kind of like collecting all these games. So it's not, it's, it's absolutely, I think 50,000 um, yeah. from even the game room tour before, I think 50,000 is very economical, you know, very, uh, I think it's going to be more than that in, in today's prices. You're probably right. You know, actually, what I'm gonna I'm, I'm using this app. This is an awesome app. I don't know if you use it. It's called Game Eye. It's yeah, I app. use Game Eye. Yeah, I, I actually have my whole collection in Game. I don't have the consoles, but I have all the games in yeah. Game Eye. Game Eye is was so it was good when it came out, but it's gotten so much better over the time the years it's, it's been out, and I haven't utilized it like I wanted to yet because I, I actually need to do inventory on my game collection and see what everything's worth, what it's going mm -hmm. for, because I think I'm going to be pleasantly surprised when you I find out. I matter of fact, I just like recently got and I know you probably don't like like really selling games, but um I sold some games recently that I, that I tried out and played and I thought they were pretty lame. They were Neo Geo Pocket games. Now I okay. stopped going for a Neo Geo Pocket collection because I'm not gonna get the last two games I needed to complete it because they're so expensive and they're games mm -hmm. I wouldn't play. They're the pachinko games. I'm like, I'm not playing this. So when I posted them, when I posted them for sale, um they were going for like I think two hundred, two or three hundred dollars a piece for these games. Wow! And I can't believe it. I said, dude, because they were complete. Yeah, because they were complete games. Now, if they're just a cart only, way less, way yeah. less. Yeah. And the guy, a guy, hit me up. Said, man, um, I really need those games. I want all of them, man. Can you hook me up with a deal? And I said, well, what do you, what do you want to offer me? He made, a, he offered a certain amount. And I said, yes, because you know, because I was already making my money back on the games anyway. I was, they were already like. Way valuable, and you manage to get get them all gone at once, which can sometimes be uh be invaluable because sometimes you can be left over with games. Yeah, exactly. So um I was just surprised, and it made me want to look at everything I have again and see what's going mm -hmm. on because prices are changing. Because what's happening too? I mean, I'm not trying to blame it on the whole COVID thing, but mm -hmm. people start looking at video games. Price start going up because people were indoors. They want they had nothing to do. They weren't playing games or whatever like that. In so this country, I, absolutely. That you can blame COVID in this country to mm -hmm. a degree because we've seen, you know, we saw, I don't know if you had the same thing over in over in America. We saw Nintendo Wii's for going, you know, for 80 to 120 pounds, like up to $150 for a for a Nintendo Wii. Um, and that was down to COVID. That was down to people wanting to play Wii Sports, keep active, you know, mm -hmm. do a bit of Wii Fit, maybe, or whatever. It was crazy what these things were going for. Yeah. It was it was pretty strict. So yeah, a lot of people have these games and they're keeping them. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like people are reselling a lot of stuff. People are keeping certain games. Like one of my local game stores, 
uh, their biggest seller is Nintendo 64. They can't keep Nintendo 64 games in stock because people are yeah. buying that stuff and keeping them. No one's trading that stuff in. And yeah, the value goes up when it happens, when it's not on the market, depending on your area or whatnot. So, yeah, I, I feel like um, I guess you're right, man. I mean, the COVID had a lot to do with it. I mean, a lot of prices were going up, but not they blew up when COVID happened because everybody was playing games. They were indoors. So Bef um, before COVID, I was looking at Resident Evil 64 because I need it to add or Resident Evil 2 or whatever you want to call it. That game. Yeah. To add it. Yeah, I need to add it to N64. I haven't got it. Um, and I was looking, I mean, the, the local game shop had one for 120 pounds. I was like, oh, this is too expensive. Mm -hmm. Now it's 250 pounds for the same game. Mm -hmm. So, and that was before COVID. That was just before COVID. So, and things like Paper Mario in this country, Paper Mario on the GameCube has literally doubled in price in the, in the, in the COVID time. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's crazy craziness. Yeah. What would, what would be your most expensive again, don't need values, but what would be your most expensive console and your most expensive game that you have in the collection i guess the most expensive console it, it's really weird because it, it's like a development console i have a test system ps3 um that could be uh probably one of my most expensive one or i have an amiga cd uh the american the, the american version of that system oh. that never came out um i have one of those in box um wow it's very difficult to kind of like so it's a tough you know you can't you can't be one if, if i went to the game room and kind of like i like i knew you were gonna ask this question i could kind of like uh, find out really like easier but like going off my head um hmm. i would pick those systems as far as games it's hard to tell uh, i mean because it, it, it i haven't looked at so long the last most valuable game i knew i had that was like crazy price was co-flying squadron yeah. um, right now it could be anything like um I have uh, a completing box uh, every windy every which way uh, for the Game Boy Color. That one's gone up there. Uh, you know, a couple of Game Boy games. It's just tough to tell. Yeah. Um, well, so many games. Know, have everybody, everybody, everybody picks Rule of Rose usually yes. for like PS2, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna pick that one because it's so common. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. I have. A, I would really have to go look. I, I wanted to come up with a name for you, but um. Look, you might come to you, one might come as we as we carry on asking these questions. One might come, but I know exactly what you're saying. Everybody says, "Oh, well, I've got Rule of Rose," but um, yeah, it's good that you want to steer away from that because it's an obvious one too. You know, uh, it's funny. I see a lot of people talk about, "Hey, I got Rule of Rose," but they never played it. They just they, it, it just sits there because it's more of a uh, treasure piece. I beat Rule of Rose back when it first came out. I knew it was coming out for the PlayStation, and I was I was one of those people who was scared because I thought it wasn't going to come out to America. It did. I bought it day one. Uh, people don't remember it had a pre-order with it. You got a soundtrack CD with it. And um, I beat that game. Now, though the gameplay wasn't that great, the story was actually very intriguing. But I feel mm -hmm. bad a lot of people that own that game didn't experience the story. They just like have the game as a show, as a piece. But well, there's people with sealed ones that don't, obviously, you, you know, you can't open. I mean, what's that? That's not a question I had here. But what's your standing on sealed games? Do you open them or do you leave them sealed? Uh, it's another thing that people are getting into. I mean, mm. I honestly don't mind it, but I feel like um, these people that are, are, are seal collectors are investing. Um, they yeah. are looking to possibly do something with those games in the future. So it's totally fine. These people are, I have no idea. They, they're okay with buying a sealed copy of a game and then buying the digital version to play. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a weird way to game, but if you're looking at it as an investment, 
is totally fine. Like people get got mad at me for having like uh, one or two copies of games or whatever like that, or three copies of a certain game. They didn't realize yeah. that the other two games were going to either be used as trade for something else I wanted, you know. But um, well, uh, one thing I've been had a go at, you know, I've had a, I've been had a go at for a few things even early on in my uh, YouTube career, if you want to if you want to call it that, making videos. My um was having the same game on Xbox 360 and PS3 because there's mm-hmm. been a surge in price on both. Mm. And like, for example, I've got Splatterhouse on both and I've got um, uh, Silent Hill HD collection on, on both and, and stuff like that, you know, and people are like, Rob, why do you need it on both? You know, you're, you're, you're a greedy scalper, you know, like you're, you're buying this for the, <laughs> for me. It's kind of like, well, it's good to have both, but I don't know. What's your standing on that? Do you think that's the right thing or do you think you should have it on one and, and leave the other one? No, you know, there's no choice that you have to make, obligated choice you have to make when buying a game. You could buy whatever you want. You know, there's mm. different reasons you could buy certain games. Um, Spider House, for example, um, a lot of people might want to play the PS play it on PS3 because they like the controller better. Yeah. Uh, or on a 360, they might want to play that version because they it's, it might be in the future backwards compatible with the Xbox One. You know, mm. You're playing on a, a more modern system now. So there's many reasons you can own these games. You know, some of them may be have uh, be graphically better or whatnot you know it does you don't have to justify why you buy it on both systems you know i get that a lot now too when it comes <laughs> to me buying like ps4 and switch games uh people yeah. don't understand i look at the switch as a portable not a console even though i know it's yeah. a hybrid um they know ps4 is my main home console when it comes to games so i'm definitely gonna get the game on that system now when it comes to switch playing the game portable is a great option to have and if i, mm-hmm. if I end up selling the game the Switch version will be the most likely one to go, but I like having an option to play it on the go, which is great. That's yeah. where Switch kind of like grabbed a lot of people at. So, uh, I and think usually- the thing is, it's up to you. I mean, again, I don't, and I have seen some of that on the on the pickup videos and stuff where where there's like, why are you getting to? And and honestly, me, you know, measly old me on seven hundred and fifty subscribers is getting it. So if I'm getting it on that, I you shouldn't be getting it. It's just it's just weird, but um. It's good it's that you means you're trending and stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, I wouldn't. Know. <laughs> yeah. I know we're dealing with that kind of stuff. I, I hear you on that. I just people just feel like they, I don't know, like they want to give you, they want to tell you how you should collect or whatever like that. And it's just, yeah, dude, do whatever you want. Well, especially how to do, and again, we're sort of going back from the collection thing, but how to do YouTube as well. You know, you do get mm-hmm. so many people trying to tell you how to do YouTube and the word is in the, is in the title YouTube, you know, it is how you want to do it. It's not how other people uh, want to do it. So I absolutely believe it. Look, if I want to collect 10 copies of Splatterhouse on the 360 and just, you know, I don't know, put them behind me and everything, I'm allowed to do it. If you, if they, usually people only care if you have multiple games, if they become expensive games later, if you have a yeah. bunch of games that aren't worth anything, they're not going to say anything to you. Like, Oh, who cares? But once those games become worth money, that's when they get yeah. them. Cause those, yeah. those, I had like, um, at one time I had three copies of hunting ground. Uh, I got the other two. I got them cheap, like when no one cared about them. But when they yeah. went up in value, that's when people got upset. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah, we've. I mean, I've got that game, and it's not a particularly expensive game over here. But I bought it when it was maybe ten pound, and I think maybe it's now fifty, sixty pound. I, I don't know the exact values, but there's a lot of games. I find that amazing as well, and I know it's because of the way they sold. But you know how some games can be so much more expensive in the Amer- you know in in your territory oh. in versus our territory the the way the games change across the territories i find right. it amazing. i also want to put out there 
Uh, yes, people, I know the game is called Haunting Ground, but I like calling it Hunting Ground. <laughs> yeah, just just to put that. Right, people, I've been saying that some of you, and people get mad at me for like not saying the title the way it is, but I just felt like the game should have been called that, and that's all I always stuck with it. Um, because yeah, you play exactly. the game, you're being hunted pretty much. But um, exactly, um, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But uh, yeah, mate, you're honestly, you're you're absolutely fine. So, um, right, I asked this question. And uh, uh, look, I love the fact that people have responded in their drive. There's been quite a few responses. Um, uh, I asked Callum Retro Ghetto a question and I said to him, I'll ask you exactly the same thing on this chat because I think people would be interested to hear it. If you were forced, now we're saying this, forced, you haven't chosen to sell your collection. If mm. you were forced to sell your collection, but you had to do it in stages, piece by piece by piece by piece, what would be the last thing you sold? So what would be the last item you held on to? PlayStation One. Yeah, yeah. Not even, not even a, not even a. I didn't even need to think. That was it. It was bang. PlayStation One. PlayStation One is my favorite system of of all time. It has not changed. I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to bring it up. Um, uh, It was like five years, four or five years ago. Um, I was. After the Patreon and everything like that, I started doing the videos like crazy, like trying to like edit, do heavy edits on videos. And I was staying up late at night uh, mm. editing videos. And one time I was just up so late, I was so tired, but I was trying to get a video film. So I needed a snack to kind of boost me up. I grabbed some popsicles out of the freezer. This is the infamous popsicle incident. I don't know if you heard of this or remember this. I, I try to stay away from the from from too much negative. I know because if you if you it, when you bring it up, people try to act like it happened yesterday or whatever like that. So like, okay, guys, whatever. Mm. But um. I, I went into the room. I, I didn't eat the popsicles right away. I set them down next to my, my games. They were in the packages, so they weren't even open. I'm saying I'm gonna, I'll grab them after I leave. And oh. I did so many edits on that video, like takes. Uh, I was like, dude, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. This is horrible. And I, I left my game room immediately and closed the door. I just didn't go back in there for three days because I, I was just done. I go oh, back man. in there, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm pumped up again. I relaxed a little bit. Now we can work on some stuff. I went to my PlayStation games. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is wrong here? I was like, taking the game out, and this is like this, this gooey stuff on there. I was like, what? What the heck? Oh, and I melted the popsicles were melted. I was like, holy shit, dude. So oh, I started no. pulling stuff out, tagging and everything. Like, you, 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 I've taken care of all my placement stuff over the years. And, yeah. and you know, th- like, I mean, like, immensely, like, really taking care of it. Like, it's traveled the world with me and everything. And to make a stupid mistake like that, because I don't eat in the game room, you know, or whatever like that. I'm just No, it's a good thing. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you got that value there, you don't want to ruin it by by that. But we all make mistakes, don't we? You know. Yeah, it was it was just a mistake that I wouldn't have been if it happened to any other system besides the PS2. Of course, I wouldn't have been as mad. I would have laughed or whatever, like that, oh, messed up or whatever, like that. But mm. to have it happen to the PS1 stuff, I was like, damn, dude, why this system? Not all systems. This is the one I love the most, and um, it happened to it. So oh, luckily. Cool. I replaced most of those games that, that where everything got damaged and everything like that. And it was it was a learn it's a live and learn mistake. It would never yeah. happen again. Um, but I was bummed out for like two, two or three days, and I was like, "Man, this is some BS." Just <laughs> painful, in it? Yeah, when you do these things. What's um? So if you were so, I, I know this. You've just basically answered it. You're marooned on a desert island. You can take one console and the entire back catalog of that console. And you can only take one. Is it the PlayStation One? Yes. 
yeah i was gonna say it's got to be after that after what you just said it's absolutely got to be mm -hmm. if you could if an alien came down from another planet it's another alien question we've got some aliens on the brain here at the moment um and you wanted to explain the brilliance of, of gaming and show them that that sort of brilliance of gaming what game would you show them what would you play with them what would you say look here's the controller i'm going to show you retro gaming I probably show them VR, man. Maybe something to, to trip them out, like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like, like <laughs> yeah. something like that would be probably impressive or whatever, like that. You know, because they're, if they're alien traveling to our planet, they're probably not going to be impressed with too many retro games. They're like, <laughs> like man, <laughs> <this far?"> <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what is this stuff? Like, you got to show them the, the most unique, best stuff out there that's going to impress them since they they traveling planets. So I would say some VR crap. Like, I mean, yeah, forget retro. VR. Forget, yeah, don't show them retro. Like you, like um. You know, in Back to the Future, when he shows him a uh, wild gunman and he says, oh, what's this is a baby's toy. It'll just be like that, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. when, he tries to, when he tries to figure. Um, so, what, uh, yeah, so what What would you, there's some people out there. It's been a, it's been a conversation. It's a, it's a really important question for collecting, I think, and because we, we are all collectors and sometimes yeah. we can go a bit too deep. And I know you've said there that, you know, you've never really gone to that point because you, you managed to obtain a lot of these games at the, at the right time. You know, lucky man. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not so lucky for us. Um, but uh, when buying go, you know, what would you say to people? And we've had this happen recently in my community, the the community that we're that we're sort of in. When people are buying games, they may not want, but games that may boost their audience, may boost the YouTube channel, may may get people talking. You know, um, what would you say to people that are maybe increasing their collection and buying those games to be able to do that pickups video, uh, or to be able to sort of say, "I've got Rule of Rose." You know, what what would you say to them? You want to have, I mean, if you're doing a, like something like a pickups video or something like that, is what you pretty much asking me. Um, you want to have all type of games in there, not just the mm. same type of games in there the whole time. Like you don't want to have a whole bunch of different Mario games in there. You want to mix it up to where, cause not everybody will, is going to like every game you put on there, but mm. the more you expand, the more I would say they would, you know, find something they, they might like. Like if you, if you notice my pickups videos, it's always feels like something different. There's always something unique in there. Um, I feel like it might answer the question. Did you answer Answer, answer yeah, no, right no, now. you are. You are absolutely answering the question, but okay. it's more from a, and that's really interesting the, 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 with the pickup videos with the different sort of games. But one thing to explain to you what, a bit more in the detail, I've probably not asked it correctly. The, the detail is, is that when I watch a, a, a pickup video with yourself involved, you can see the love for the games. I mean, you've always got that sort of smile on your face. You know, I managed to get this one and I'm going to play it through. And you absolutely believe that you're going to play that game. But what we've seen quite lately, you know, lately uh, an acceleration, maybe not in America, but certainly in this country, we've seen an acceleration in people buying games that they may never intend to play, but they're buying the game so that the people watch and go, oh, wow, you got that game or 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 like clock tower i recently bought clock tower on the ps1 um, Ooh, it. wow that's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> i um it's been something it's a holy kind of like a holy grail for me for me because anyone i found had a torn manual or had a folded manual or thing i have to get games very good condition especially playstation one <laughs> even if they're if they're sun faded on the edge i can't buy it they, they need to match the yeah they need to kind of match hey, 
um, um, yeah, I'm str I struggle with that. So I managed to get Clock Tower. Now, I still haven't played. I bought it maybe three weeks ago. I haven't played it yet just because I want to do a playthrough on the channel. Now, some people, because I'm going to blame myself here. I'm going to put it myself. I'm never shy to admit when I do things, you know, that maybe I shouldn't do or maybe I should or whatever. I want to do a playthrough on the channel. Now, partly because I've not played Clock Tower. I played Clock Tower 3. I love, I love the game, but I've not played Clock Tower 1. Because I'm not a fan, and there's a question on this later, but I'm not a particular fan of emulation. I'm a collector. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like to have the actual game, if yeah. you see what I mean. Yeah. So I've never played it emulation-wise. I've always wanted to buy it and, and play it. But I've held off on playing it so that I can play it on the YouTube channel. You know, is that do you see that as a as a trend? Have you see, have you seen in America people buying these things to to, to sort of show off on the channel, you know, you could call it showing off. I bought it because it was something I've always wanted, it's, but there is a part of me that wants to show it on the channel too. It's a new type of experience to have an audience, a big audience while you're playing a game. So it's a, mm. it's, it's a good experience most of the time, I would say. So there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. I think it's a great way because a lot of people like seeing you make mistakes or, or like our do stuff right. It's, we it's make a, a lot of mistakes. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a fun experience for everybody, especially when they're, you know, you're talking to them and you're playing this game. So I think that's cool that you're doing it that way. Me personally, when it comes to survival horror games, unless I know that game pretty well, I don't usually do them on a live stream because I can't stand making mistakes on a, on a survival <laughs> horror game. Clock Tower being one of them. Um, I play Clock Tower as, Clock Tower is one of my favorite survival horror games of all time. It's definitely, oh, I would consider one of the top five. Um, that game is, I don't want to say it's a lot of trial and error stuff, but it you have to get used to it if you want to have good pacing when you play the game on a live stream because if you don't know where to go or, or you forget a certain item, it's one of those games where you have to remember stuff without the game telling you what you have to do next. You have to remember your surroundings. You have to remember what happened here what this item might be used for, all that stuff you have to remember. So the pacing is a big thing when it comes mm -hmm. to doing a live stream. I want to know, I want to keep the audience immersed, like we're getting somewhere. And at the same time, I make some mistakes on the way. Cool, but the pacing is what's important when it comes to doing stuff like that for me. So honestly, I would play the game a little bit first, get get to know what I'm dealing with, and then do a live stream. But you could go into it blind for fun. I mean, still, go into it blind and, yeah, figure things out together. That's also fun, too. That's just the personally way I, I do things. Like I try to get a little, I try to play a little something first so I get used to something. So keep it in. So you don't see anything wrong with buying something with both views, you know, a little bit of YouTube, a little bit of your personal, you know, not, it's not a bit of both. I mean, I, I feel like the YouTube thing, it would be secondary for, to why you would purchase a game because mm. the game is going to be for you for the most part, but including your audience on it is a great thing too. You know, um, I don't see a lot of people playing Clock Tower, the first one. Uh, the first Clock Tower, is an awesome game. And you're talking about the first one on PlayStation 1, right? Absolutely, PlayStation yeah, 1. That's, yeah. actually, that's actually a part two, which is crazy. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Super Nintendo was the first one. But they named yeah. they named the Clock Tower on PlayStation just regular Clock Tower. So it's kind of weird. But anyways, um, that's but my that, favorite but one. But that one, on the, the one on Super Nintendo, that was an in-pal territory, I don't believe. It only came out Japan Japan originally and maybe computer, but that's the first one. The one we got on PlayStation One is actually Clock Tower uh, Two, the first. Of, I don't know what they subtitled the name, but that's actually the second one. So, okay. Uh, but it's still a really good game. It, it recaps the first game pretty well, um, and I can't believe it's so sought after now. 
you know like <laughs> yeah it did i did pay i i got a decent deal um i did pay you know it wasn't a i didn't find it in a in a faraway charity shop or anything like that for for five pounds i paid good money good money for it but i still paid probably a hundred pound under the odds maybe um yeah. so it was yeah it was it was pretty good um so yeah so yeah that's 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 uh that's brilliant what's we've only got a few more in the collecting thing and then there's only a few more just to just to follow up just to finish up so um you're you're transported back in time and you're able to give yourself some advice when collecting what would you say to yourself at that very beginning get these games before they get expensive <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> and get the box as well. You know, there's a lot of people out there. I had this conversation on my on my channel the other week. There's a lot of people that are more than happy to say, right, I just want cartridge only. And very quickly they want the box as well. And then it's like, oh my God. So uh, my piece of advice to people out there is absolutely try and be completely sure of whether you want cartridge only or whether you want the box because that makes a big difference. You don't want to buy the game twice, do you really? No. No, um, I mean, definitely not. I mean, so but, buy them quick. Buy them quick is what you say. But what? what I mean, just I, I would, they I might would go down. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I would I would give myself advice on certain games that I didn't didn't know about really, mm. which would be nice. Like I feel like I should have known about Chaos Break years ago, but I didn't. I mean, mm. that would that would have been the game I would have loved uh, back when I was a, a teen. So you know, I was like, dude, like I can't believe I find out about that game maybe like six years ago only. That was like very upsetting to me but um not in a, in a i mean i still it's in a good okay. way i guess but you know it's just like dang i wish i had known about this sooner so well, it's good to discover though i mean you managed to discover it in the end and you and you and you've enjoyed it i did and it was one of my first video reviews i did on my channel which i had no idea what i was doing but i tried to put a review together and i was like dude this is very crazy um but yeah i don't think we'll be able to know about that game absolutely and what tips would you give for to a collector i mean that would be one of mine just to make sure that you're completely aware of what you're going to get but if they were starting today in 2021 i mean god it's a might you gotta have some deep pockets i think in 2021 yeah, but what would your tips you know what would you say to them nowadays a lot of people like look at other collections and they want what you have but you have to start a collection you want obviously if you want to start a collection of library games i would say start where the games are cheap at, so you can build up that library of games that you mm -hmm. want to play. The cheapest right now, it was PS3. I think that's gone up a little bit. So honestly, I would tell them to look at PS4 stuff, you know, yeah. or and stuff like that. And stuff, Xbox, even Xbox stuff, you know. Yeah. You want to start a accumulation of, of games? That's the best way to do it on the cheap because Super Nintendo, Game Boy stuff, depending on like how you want it. If Game Boy stuff is not bad, if you just want the cart only. But a lot of collectors want to get that uh, that box and everything like that. So you want to start cheap and build up a library. And then once you have your library games, you can start looking at maybe stuff that's more expensive that you might want. I think that's the best way to do it. Because I think a lot of people, they look at our channels and they kind of like get overwhelmed because we have so much. But they don't understand. We accumulate this stuff over time. Yeah. And a lot of stuff is different prices now. So you have to do you, your, the way you start your collection. It's going to have, have to be a bit different, you know, so... Um, Would you think younger people are impatient as well? Do you think there's an impatient? Yeah, they're very, very impulsive. They want stuff now. And I yeah. was the same way. Sometimes I still am like that. You know, I'll see a, a game on Jason or, or another channel, 
And I said, I didn't know about that game. I got to have it now or whatnot, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I'm that way. But I've, I've calmed down because it's like um, a lot of stuff goes up, but then it does come back down to a certain degree. So I'll probably yeah. our, just look for it later on, you know, so like slowly. Well, um, Project Zero on the Wii U is doing exactly that right now. That was a 250, 300 pound game in this territory on the on the um on the Wii U, the Maiden of Blackwater, I think it's called, and that's now down at one fifty. You can buy that, so that's lost hundred pound in in even a very the announcement of the uh, of the game being released on PS. Uh, I think it could be that. Yeah, yeah, I think Maybe that's what that. Wow, uh, the Wii U is a weird system because it's like an HD version of the Wii. Um, hmm. Man, I wish it wasn't region locked. That system would be so cool. <laughs> <wasn't> region locked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's 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 wow. hard. Yep. We touched on this question earlier, just quickly. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I've I've been pretty ver- I've been pretty vocal on the on the thing. I think emulation is what it is. I think when you've got it on the on the um, on the Evercade, I think it's great. I think you you know the the games are made to be played on that device. But what do you what are your thoughts overall on emulation? Are you a supporter of it? Do you think that everybody should be able to play these games, or do you think you should? You know, them holy grail should be well, by people that have that own them. I mean, especially for games that are not in stores anymore, officially retail uh, developers mm. aren't making money on them anymore. So I feel like if they're not making any more money on them, they want you to play those games still. So emulation is fine. Like um, when I was, um, I think the first system I emulated, I think was the the Game Boy Advance, and um, mm. uh, it was it was a good experience Just playing that game. Those games on my computer, they played so much better. I was like, wow. Um, I feel like it's a great way to try out certain games you might want to add to your collection too. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I use it mainly for the older stuff, I would say. Um, um, but as far as emulation with new stuff, I mean, I don't really know too. I don't really know about that. But like older stuff that developers aren't mm-hmm. really making money on, like, yeah, why not? You know, you could play that stuff and enjoy it. I mean, they want mm-hmm. you, they make games for you to enjoy. If they can't mm-hmm. make a profit on it anymore, then I'm pretty sure they would love you to play the game and enjoy it so yeah um, well you've got the two camps haven't you you've got the camp that says you know everybody should be able to enjoy these games so give them to everybody and play them but then you've got that side that say well is that going to harm the value of my game as a collector is that going to be so you just have this seesaw that we see in 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 the sort of uh community that says you know you're either on one side or the other i'm somewhere in the middle a bit like yourself really i think that people should be able to play games but i don't think that that ability to play them should hinder or harm the value of a game and and if it ever was to i think that would be wrong yeah i I agree um it seems like everybody's getting into that mode where you know like their games are an investment and they want that value to stay there because if they magically want to sell it they love having that game at a high price, but I don't think about about it like that. That's why I haven't really assessed like what my value is for my games and everything like that because I don't plan on selling and stuff. But it is nice to know that it's worth money. But um, yeah, just like I said, just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a fair enough uh, it's a fair enough point. What's um what last last question with this section mm-hmm. and then we're done with it what what um particular item i think we've touched on a couple that you that you've sort of sold and just wish you never sold it it would be ko flying squadron maybe no because i went to one of my best friends and uh okay. You know, okay. he was happy with it i you know i can still play that game via emulation if i want to so yeah um 
What is a game I regret selling though? I'm trying to think of it, and I was like, dude, just sell it or a console, you know, where you've sold it and you just think, oh god, it, you know, it actually, mm, it was actually back in 2008, 2009. I sold my Game Boy Advance collection and my DS collection. Um, I was kind of like, um, I was moving at the time, and I just didn't want to deal with anything. Um, I just sold all that. Stuff. I had a lot of good games back then. I, I got them you all. Had the, you had the Castlevania games, I take it. Um, I had the Castlevania games. I, a PSP collection was in there too. Yeah, my DVDs at the time, which were a lot of like anime and stuff like that. I sold all that stuff because I needed a lump sum because I wanted to move somewhere, and I regretted mm. that because I didn't have to. I just wanted to because I just. I, know, I was just in a bad, a bad situation at the time, so I was like, "Oh, let's sell this stuff and get rid of it." That was probably the, the time I regret it. But at the same time, I'm in the position after I got into a position after that where I, was, I never want to be in that position again, where I have to sell something where I have to, or even yeah. if I don't have to, I'm just not going to sell it unless I want to. So um, that was probably the, what I regret the most, I, I think. Mm. Well, you know, look, we've all had to do it. <laughs> Believe me, you know what yeah, it wants know. to sell this stuff. Yeah. I, I know it's, it's crazy and, and um there hasn't been really a particular item because with emulation out there you go, you always have access to play this stuff you know you know what i could actually say something a lot easier that i, I regret selling mm. and um this is probably the first time i've said this i regret selling my sega saturn collection this is back oh. in 2000 i want to say 13. okay As heavy hitters i had some heavy hitters for that system <laughs> I had um, Deep Fear, Powers. Oh, it's a dear yeah. game, yeah. It's an expensive game. I got it for fifty bucks back in early mid two thousands. Uh, no one oh, cared God. about it. I got it for fifty bucks. Uh, I had Cotton Part Two, Cotton Boomerang, Rare what about, um, Saga, or oh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Was that? I only had the first one. I never had the Saga one. I only had yeah. the whatever the first one was called just panzer it's a dragon game now it's five five six hundred pounds in this territory now. It, was, it was going for 300 at the time that you know when i was thinking about buying it i mean wish i had bought it back then hopefully yeah. they'll remake <laughs> that game we'll see if it happens but um yeah my sega saturn collection was probably the one that i was kind of bummed out about later on because i really worked yeah. hard to play that i mean to get the, the collection of games i had on that system the reason why i sold it though and it's a simple it's a silly reason but we both know the Sega Saturn has a memory issue, like with the battery. If you don't change the yep. battery out and, you know, whatever like that. Well, two years in a row, it erased my data on certain games I was playing throughout the year. And, you know, RPGs, you just don't want to lose that data and stuff like that. So I got one of those cards, the memory cards to put in there and transfer my data to the card. The card lost the data. And I said, you know what, <laughs> I'm playing these games and I'm getting nowhere anymore. I'm done with the system. So I got rid of it, you know, so. I think that's true gamer. That's the true gamer in you because we would have sort of, you know, as a collector and, and I play, look, I'm a gamer and a collector. I'm probably maybe even 60% collector, 40% gamer. I'm somewhere in the middle where you strike me as 80% gamer, 20% collector. Mm. You would get rid of a system because it's hindering your game, you know, your game play and, and stuff like that, where someone like me would sort of put it to one side and just look at it and, and all the rest of it. But you've been able to reinvest that money in other stuff. So um yeah yeah and um it's it was just it's just tough you know, losing game data and progress is very precious to me because it's time you put yeah. into the game you know I still have I still have my memory card from uh from high school of playing Final Fantasy 7 I still have this exact wow. data and everything like or game saves I can go back to it's insane going back to this it's like a time capsule 
So time that you put into a game is very precious. And if you lose that, it's just because like as being as you get older, man, the time becomes like more like it's like you don't have time anymore. You know, you got yeah. other responsibilities going on. You can't sit and play a game as long as you want anymore because you got other stuff going on. So losing data is very important to me. You know, so the Saturn Life like, you know, time's more valuable than anything. You yeah. you know, everybody knows that now. Time is more valuable, and those save games are time. So, so with that, uh, Reggie, we've come to the end of the collection. I, I hope that everybody sort of got what they needed to from that. And if they didn't, you know, hit us in the comments and um, and and let us know. And, and maybe even uh, Reggie can answer, or I'll answer for him. Or I'll ask the question or whatever. Um, so just to finish up, because we're coming to an end. We're we're you know, you're sort of ten minutes. Mm. How's uh, life for you now what's your you're, you're in a good place with the collecting side of things you're in a good place yeah, life, life is actually really good right now um um i i, I haven't well i probably shouldn't announce this but um uh, i probably yeah i'll probably skip that but life has been good to me i'm very <laughs> blessed i feel blessed um i mean i'm just yeah i'm in a happy spot right now i feel so good but that's you look happy. You do look happy. I mean, you know, you always look cheery on the videos anyway, but you look happy talking to you. So it's uh it's all good. And whatever announcement comes, I mean, uh, I'm sure uh, it'd be all great. So um do you have any regrets regarding the channel? You know, is there anything you've done you wish you never did? I mean, gee, we we touched on one earlier with the popsicles, you know, what it was it? No, I'm, I'm happy with everything I've done with the channel. Um I, I the videos I left up there that you see if anybody mm -hmm. doesn't have, has a problem with them, I mean, they have that information that they can look at, I guess, but I'm not going to take anything down that I'm proud of on my no. channel. So um, the only thing is I, that I your attitude? Is that your attitude towards it? Look, I've done it. I've put it out there. I'm happy. I've got no problems. That's the way it is. Yeah. That's it staying. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I would never, like, yeah, I would never, like, take a video down. Well, I've taken some down because they just were crappy quality. But <laughs> every video I have up, I'm proud of, you know. So yeah. um, I feel like I did, I've done a good job on them. And yeah, yeah. No, no, it's good. I like I like I say, I've um I just think for me the question's more about direction, you know. Is there a did you did you like me? Some might say, Rob, why'd you say that stuff about the Amico? But I stay true to myself. I like the look mm -hmm. of it. So why would I, you know, I'm I'm quite I'm quite open to to suggest that where some people say, Oh, is that not brought a level of hate that you shouldn't never have done? You know, mm -hmm. I say, look, no regrets. I'm more than happy to say what I feel, and if that's the truth, that's the truth. Well said, man. Well said. Um, what are your plans for the channel? So where are we going? Where's uh I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't really know. Um I just know that if I meet a certain goal, I'll be happy with the channel. Mm -hmm. Um I'm already happy with it as well now, but I feel like if I get to a certain goal, then you know, I'll achieve what I, I wanted with the channel. So I don't think there's any real goal with it. You know, I don't know if I'll be doing this channel for like years and years to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I feel like I would slow down because I'm not I'm not a full time YouTube guy. I do this on the side, um, but you know, as long as I'm having fun, I'll keep doing it. Hmm. And what is the? Um, well, is there a particular segment? I mean, obviously, you love doing the stuff with Jason. Is there a particular uh, thing that you enjoy doing the most? What What would you not want to go without? I mean, even if you close the channel, surely you would keep up that relationship, wouldn't you? And and doing what you would do with the pickup videos and stuff. Oh yeah. Pickup videos are fun to do. Cause they're like more nonchalant videos where I can just randomly talk about games without having to go into a deep dive of them and try to get yeah. a review. I, I don't really like 
doing reviews anymore. I just like talking, like going like over the top on certain games and just talking about them like that, pretty nonchalant. Um, I feel like um, I, I would still do like videos where I would do pickups. Those are my kind of like a bread and butter type video for my channel. A lot, yeah. of, people, a lot of people watch them and they watch yeah. them all the way through, which is nice. So um, yeah, those would definitely always be here. <laughs> Good. And today, I think I know this already, but what comes first, gaming, YouTube, collecting? Is it gaming? What, what's your... Uh, gaming. Because uh, I, I don't know if you... A lot of people, probably not a lot of people haven't noticed, but I haven't really been putting up much videos um, mm. lately like I do. Because I've been taking time, like, like doing other stuff, like playing these games again, like all the way through. Like, it's awesome. You know, I, I missed mm -hmm. out. I haven't missed out a lot, but I just, I enjoy doing playing games more than I, I do YouTube. YouTube is more mm -hmm. of like a, just a secondary thing for everybody. But what was more important to me is doing the YouTube. I mean, well, excuse me, playing the video games. Cause that's what I was doing before I did YouTube. So yeah, um, that's the hobby. Wicked. Excellent. Um, what coming just quickly, is there any particular piece of hardware or something you're excited about that's coming that you want to, that you want to try? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Miko. Um, I was, I mean, I haven't been following all the hate is getting, but the but uh, my, one of my stay out of it, folks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? It's, it's yeah. crazy. But one of my friends, Smash JT, um, he he's really pumped for it. He wasn't at first, I don't think, and then um, he had kind of got me pumped up for it. So I was like, I looking at it. I said, like, Yeah, man, this is gonna be something pretty cool. So I was actually more um like excited for the Miko than the pick places five when it was coming. I was like, oh, I'm looking yeah. at that system. You know, but it didn't make the release date. I thought it was supposed to come out last year. Maybe, yeah, it got pushed back. I could be wrong yeah. about that. Not sure. Going to the PS5, you can see the release of it was kind of like lackluster. I mean, I don't know if you feel but the same way. I mean, what, I think that's the issue. I, I pointed this out on a video that I did. The jump between PS4 and PS5, I get frame rate, you know. Of course, yeah. the frame rate is good. But I went from a PS4 Pro. Um, so to me, it's like, yeah, look, it is different. The controller is obviously very different, but like, I, I just don't think that that massive uh, jump is there. So I could easily have a PS4 Pro and an Amico. I don't need a PS5 to a certain degree. Um, yeah. The Amico brings something different that that co-op gaming with the family. So yeah. um, I get, yeah, I'm excited for it as well. But you know, I don't care about the haters. I'm excited. For yeah. it. <laughs> Um, and it's good to hear that you are uh, Reggie as well. That's really, that's really, uh, really good that you're looking forward to getting one. Um, last question. That's it. We've come to an end. And what an enjoyable uh, sort of hour and a half it's been. It's been absolutely fantastic getting to getting to kind of know you. I thought I know you already. I knew you already before. Anyway, the amount of videos I've watched, Jesus. But um, this has been brilliant. Um, what kind of person? I don't, you know, maybe you don't need any more subscribers, but what kind of person subscribes? What what kind of person should subscribe to your channel? Just someone that can relate to me with my love of video games. I mean, on my channel, all I do is talk about video games. So if you <laughs> like the type of games that I like on my channel, then this is a channel for you. If you like a nonchalant way of talking about games, you'll like my channel. If you don't want someone who's too serious about like going into a deep dive of a game, my channel might be a channel for you because I definitely don't like going into like every certain detail about certain games. I just want to give you guys the interest, the fun part that'll probably uh, uh, make you guys take interest in the game I'm talking about. I think mm -hmm. I've done a good job of doing that. And that's uh, what I want to bring. I'm not a serious YouTuber. I'm just somebody having fun with it. Um, and I hope, hopefully uh, people watch my channel are having a good time as well, because what I like to bring to my channel 
it's information that you might not know about certain games coming out, uh, certain games you might like uh, better or for whatever reason, stuff like that. Or games that um, you just didn't know existed. So, mm. yeah. I think that comes across brilliantly, and what a fantastic way to sum it up. I think when you when you just watch yourself and and watch the videos, you can tell you're a gamer first. I mean, I've asked that question, but it was ridiculous to even ask. It's it's, uh, it's obscene. You can tell from the from uh, from the way you are. So. Again, I've got to say thanks, Reggie. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Radical, Reggie. I can't. Even, I'm still. I'm still stunned that you're even on the channel. So <laughs> it's amazing. I've like I say, enjoyed every minute, guys. Uh, comments, um, whatever else. I don't even need to say it. We've got some amazing people coming up. I'm not sure. You know, Reggie's. Reggie's. Reggie's set the bar. He really has set the bar. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I'm hoping this becomes a very popular segment to get into know the tubers and i hope you've enjoyed it guys we will uh well, i will i will catch up with you on the next video on another video some point soon thanks guys <laughs>